welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me a Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaternow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Her star has been rising faster than any drag artist I've seen, and it's all well worth it. She is the definition of Gen Z. Some call her iconic, but we all know her as Jax. Hello. Hello. I love that intro. Thanks. I'm a writer. Ah, I'm good at this. I can tell. <laughs> I'm a glam-nominated losing writer. I I, I think I think I'm okay I'm a, at this. I'm a glam-nominated um, losing breakthrough artist and dancer. So well, you're <laughs> also young, and this you're gonna get many, 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 many more nominations. So it's gonna happen. It'll happen. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I will say I was shocked I even got nominated for dancer because I consider myself a mover and a stunter. But when I was nominated for dancer, I was like. Yeah, okay. we're, well, we're go, we're gonna put a pin in that. We're gonna save that for later because I wow. I see it was an answer, but that's also because I can't dance mm-hmm. at all. Um, but I before I begin, I just have to say that I miss you dearly. Like I've been home for the past year, and you've always been really a part of my nightlife life. Yeah. So being away from you and everyone, it's just it's been hard. So yeah. I miss you, buddy. I miss you too. And it's yeah. it's for me, it's a little hard as well because. I'm watching you grow from a distance. Mm-hmm. We all knew you had it in you. And it's kind of amazing to see, like, now everyone gets to see how incredible you are as a drag artist. So Thank congratulations you. on everything that's been going on. Thank you. I mean, it's just, it's been a lot of hard work. It was like the pandemic, I, c- I could have done a full 180 and just been like, never doing drag again. Yeah. Or it was just like, I got nothing else to do. Let's just go full it, like for it full force. And here we are. <laughs> well, I'm excited to learn about this journey and we love to start from the beginning. So we're going to start from, where are you from? I am originally from Connecticut. Um, mm-hmm. I was born in Puerto Rico, but um, I was adopted at a month old by two Caucasians. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been raised in Connecticut my entire life. I'm from Darien. Um, and yeah, the caucasity. Right. And, and that's and that's something you joke about often uh, because yeah. we all know that when you think about Connecticut, it, it, it's the, the whiteness of it all. Oh, absolutely. Um, and what was it like being someone adopted and not being white in Connecticut? It was it was it was interesting. Um, like in my school, my best friend, my two best friends, um, Ford and Tatiana, we were, and Kyla, we were the only uh, four people of color in the town that actually lived in the town. We had more people of color, um, like, in our school and in the programs, but they were all, like, coming in from, like, um, from, like, outer city, like, from, like, inner city programs and, like, coming out to, like, go to school in the suburbs. Um, 
And so we had this weird like juxtaposition where it was just, we grew up in this extremely white environment. So we didn't really know anything like anything about like urban culture and stuff like that, but we still had like little Billy and like second grade being like, what's your opinion on like this and rap culture? And like, like, what did you hear this song? And we're just like, no, I'm sitting over here listening to Taylor Swift and Avril Lavigne. Like, I ain't, I don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was a lot of that. Uh, just constantly people looking at us for references. Uh, I would like to say like where I am in Connecticut, like it's a little bubble, but they're fully aware of their, um, they're fully aware of their privilege. And so they're trying to retrain themselves out of that. But, you know, white people, microaggressions, we're always going to get a little bit. So it is what it is. Now, what uh, were you I like think... as a child? Oh, as a child, I was a psychopath. I was a... So nothing's changed. Oh, absolutely not. No, I was like, I was the kid that wanted to be the yellow Power Ranger and ran around the playground screaming pterodactyl noises. Of course. Um, yeah. So nothing's changed at all. Absolutely not. Uh, but yeah, no, just a big old flamey little black kid, you know? <laughs> you are very artistic. When did you learn you had these artistic skills? Hmm. Um, I mean, I've always wanted to be in the arts. I tried out a lot of things. My dad, of course, like tried putting me as in as many sports as possible, but I was just like rebuking everything I could, but it's just the environment um, yeah. of Connecticut. It's just like your kid goes to sports, they get a scholarship, they go to a good school. So I tried a little bit of everything, but it always just kind of like, I was much happier just like drawing at like, drawing in classes and just you know doing like little things like that so I was like painting and drawing from a very young age my mom is a graphic designer so I was always playing around with that would go to work with her sometimes and like see how it really works in the field there and yeah and then I got into doing photo and video work when I was in like I would say my like second year of high school is like when it really like started to kick off but I knew how to play around with Photoshop ever since I was in like fifth grade. So she's a certified Adobe Photoshop genius. That that's kind of amazing. Cause like, I've always loved Photoshop, but I've, I, there was never an, op I mean, yes, we know, we all know I'm much older than you are, but like there was never an opportunity for me to learn Photoshop literally until my senior year of college mm. when I took a class in um, because it was an elective that I had to take. And I was like, I want to learn it. And literally my senior year, my teacher was like, would you consider changing degrees and doing Photoshop? I was like, I'm not staying any longer. Are you yeah. kidding me? Get, it, get me out of here. But I got an A plus in the class. Like it's, it's, if you know how to do Photoshop, the world's your oyster. You can do anything. Oh, absolutely. Like that's like, uh, in like in my free time now I still get hit up every once in a while just to do some like odd flyers and it's just like that's like a quick easy just like thing I can yeah. bang and throw out uh but yeah no and like I was very grateful that my high school had an amazing amazing arts program they put a lot of money into it which was um like we had a full um dark room a full like um computer editing lab like just for like photo and video work which like at a high school you would never assume just a specified like apple lab for that but um and then like a huge theater program too like it was great um but that's what you get with did, connecticut <laughs> did you dabble in theater i was the dog catcher and annie jr in of the fourth grade and <laughs> i had one line 
And <laughs> it was, are there any stray dogs around here? And um, I still butchered it. So um, that was my extent. That, that was it. That was it. So where yeah. did you go to college? What did you study? Um, I, went, I went to the School of Visual Arts of, of New York City, and I studied photo and cinema. And yeah, I graduated in 2019, right in sweet time to go mm-hmm. into this fun little pandemic. So was New York the place you wanted to be? Or have, did you look into other schools in other uh, cities? Um, I checked out a few other things. Like I checked out SCAD in Atlanta, um, not Atlanta, in um, Savannah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna, I was contemplating going to the West Coast, but in terms of connections and just like the pace that I'm used to working at, New York was really just like, I had the best sure. facilities, um, the quickest way to make connections in the fashion industry. Uh, so that always, New York was always like very much like, yeah, I'm going to be here. Um, but I've also like, I've grown up in the area my entire life though. So there's always like a little bit of regret being like, I wish I did go a little bit farther just to disconnect from something. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. Cause I, I obviously grew up in New Jersey and I went to school in Boston and still East coast. It's, it's close enough, but still, Oh, not New yeah. York, but I knew my ultimate destination was going to be New York. There was, there's yeah. no other option. Yeah. For people who want to be in the arts, New York is it. Yeah. You obviously had a lot of exposure and access to a lot of artistic things, including nightlife and drag. Mm-hmm. When did you start going out to see shows? I started going out to shows. Um, I think it was my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. My sophomore year of college. Like going into my junior year. Um, I was definitely like slightly still underage. Um, yeah. so it was like 19 turning 20. Um, and I can say the name of the venue cause it doesn't exist anymore. Um, and I would go to, um, the West End Lounge with, um, <laughs> my good friend Poppy who moved to San uh-huh, Francisco uh-huh, uh-huh. and we would like, you, like, we would like, I would catch like some of the, um, ultimate drag pageant there. Uh, but my first drag show what um my first drag show ever was the show right beforehand which was Britta Filter and Tara Hyman um who I don't think even does drag anymore but um who who knows yeah. um definitely different but, um but it was Britta and Tara and Britta Filter <laughs> said that I looked like Mowgli from the Jungle Book <laughs> and, that was just that, and that was my first experience of drag. It went right from that into um, the ultimate drag pageant. And it was just like being able to like watch all of these like new up and coming queens. And I like I've never seen drag before. So I was like, this is amazing. These are all superstars. They're all going to make it so big one day. Um, meanwhile, they're all people that have just been doing drag for the first time. And I went to like another drag show after I was like, it's like, oh, OK, so this is why I should be judging standards. on. <laughs> Uh huh. Uh huh. Now it took you a little bit of time to actually start drag yourself. Mm-hmm. What what prompted you to be like, you know what? It's time. It's my turn. Well, um, I mean, it really was just like, like I'm twenty, I'm twenty four, turning twenty five in a month. Like I'm still very young, but like out of like at like right now I'm out of drag, but I fully just look like I'm a 16, 17 year old. <laughs> so <laughs> most of the time, uh. And so it was just really like, I never really bothered getting a fake ID because I was like, no one's going to fucking believe me. I'll just like, wait till I'm 21, like do that whole thing. So I didn't start drag until 
properly until a month after I turned 21 to like really try getting into the scene but I was playing around but beforehand I was just like playing around with makeup trying to do like some self-portraits and stuff like created like some characters like when I would go back to my parents house in Connecticut and do photo shoots like that Um, I think my first drag name ever was just like I I was obsessed with Sasha Velour because I started like getting into drag when season nine was airing and I was like, Ooh, I'm going to be Paisley Velour, just this obnoxious, like preppy pattern. Like, and Sasha's going to be my mother. And like, it was ambition. uh, Ambition. Yeah. Um, And so that was like how it started. And then I just like kept like procrastinating on doing my first performance. But uh, when Gilda Wabbit was here, she was always, I would go to her shows um, every once in a while and she was always like it's an open stage I know you play around with this like whenever you're ready like come through do some numbers um, and I'm like oh yeah absolutely and I just kept pro- procrastinating on it and then all of a sudden it was Gilda's last show because she was moving to Kentucky and I was just like you wonder what I don't have any other opportunities it has to be tonight and so I went there, did a cute little pop-up number because it was the last show ever. Literally every single drag queen in the area was there that oh, yeah. night. Um, yeah, so like ev- everybody like in the Astoria scene was there. And it was like, it was very gratifying like to like be able to do my first number ever, which was My Way by Noah Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Don't know why, don't, don't know why that was a song, but that was a song, <laughs> it was My Way by Noah Cyrus um I did my flips my dips my tricks and like everyone was just like oh like where do you work like where do you do this I was like that was my first number ever okay I guess people like it mm-hmm. I mean I have photos from it I was there oh please delete them <laughs> <laughs> so let's 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 talk about your current drag name what yes. is the origin of Jax um well first of all it was fully just uh it was fully just Gilda um grab it like grab me like okay you're gonna go after this girl like like what like um like you what do you go by like what do you do this I'm like I'm like just just say Jax just say Jax like people have like my name is Jackson everyone's called me Jax my entire life I'm like I don't want to complicate it right now like this is too complicated and so got announced as Jax I was like we're sticking with it but more of the origin is just uh like Jax Jackson, Jackson Briggs, um, aka Jax from Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I just like playing on some other things like um, the Jax of all trades. Arya Derchi loves to call me Jax Be Nimble, Jumping mm-hmm. Jax, Black Jax. Like it just there's a lot of things that I can a lot play of puns to play. With. Yeah. Exactly. Now you had you had some trouble um, on Instagram finding the perfect handle for a while because mm-hmm. the one you wanted was taken by a dog. Oh yeah, every single time. The amount of pit bulls and golden retrievers in New York City named Jax is it's homophobic. It is yeah. so frustrating trying to get a good Instagram handle. Um, so it was that bitch Jax for a little while, but then um, the venues that I was working at, they're like, hey, you might want to think about changing your Instagram handle. Like, we know it's like not like that risque, but like we can't tag it in posts for some reason. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so thanks, Mark Zuckerberg, um, really screwing up Instagram for us. Um, so now it's, uh, so it went from that bitch Jax to get Jaxed, um, just you know, get jacks. Why not? Why, why, why do dogs have Instagrams? That's like, why? I mean, I'm tempted to make one for my girl. So it's like, 
she'd go viral she's 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 a beauty i love her <laughs> how would you describe jackson three words Ooh, three words three words sexy athletic and unapologetic i'm here for it yeah. how long does it take to transform into jacks nowadays um i'm very fast i get in drag in a solid it, like i paint in like 45 to an hour and then like another like 15 just to like get my body on so any, it's like if, like 15 minutes any traditions when you get ready um not really um if anything now it's when i get ready for my show on tuesdays i watch drag race um uk versus the world like i like to have like my laptop i'm watching whatever um sure. of the twenty thousand seasons is currently airing and i time like and that's why i got really fast in my makeup is because i make sure like i start at the start of the episode and i'm done by the time they're like doing the lip sync um yeah it's a good it's, a, it's just like a good way to get through it it makes it more just you know bearable because when Absolutely. you're doing when you're getting in drag four or five times a week it's it gets a little bit monotonous now let let's let's put it out to the universe <clears throat> what are your favorite makeup products who who should be sponsoring you Oh, absolutely. Um, I would love to be sponsored by Juvia's place. Their eyeshadow palettes are everything. They're a black owned business mm -hmm. for black people. The pigments are chef's kiss. Um, but also I would say dermablends. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I'm a sweaty bitch and somehow that shit don't move and I am not mad about it. And if Mac Fix Plus wants to throw um, a little bit in there too, I will also very gladly take that. I, ho I hope they're all listening. Let let's make it happen. Let's, let's make Absolutely. it the reality. Absolutely. Who were some of the first people that helped you out in your drag journey? Ooh, uh, some of the first people, um, definitely Miss Poppy, who um, lives in San Francisco now. What, uh, what is she going by? What is her official drag name now? Is it Princess just, Poppy? It, it, it's just Is Poppy. It Poppy? She, she just loves to change her Instagram handle constantly. Well, because I know. saw the merch that said Princess Poppy. I was like, oh, I didn't get the memo. Uh, she's just popping <laughs> me. Uh, if I she agree. wants to make it fancier, good for her. She's Poppy. Unless uh, she got like a cease and desist from the, the um, musical artist Poppy. Yeah. I don't, just confuse people. It's fine. We're yeah, it. Honestly, that actually could be a reason why. I never it's really possible. thought about that. <laughs> Um, but she definitely, she definitely helped me out, um, especially because as much as I love her, she is the most brutally honest person I've ever met. And when I was just playing around makeup, she's like, you look fucking horrible. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. Uh, so she actually helped me find my, um, my iconic Jack's lip, my little like mm -hmm. Joker mouth that I do. Yeah. Um, she helped me figure that one out. So I'm thankful for her for that because that's one of the things that I get the most compliments on in my makeup. I, my my mouth and my nose I think and yeah so she definitely helped me out um but also just I don't really have I don't have a drag mother but uh just a lot of my sisters in the area like I take totally. ideas from like being able just to like go to like icon at like a like a random 11 o'clock on a Tuesday just to like watch like Aria Derchi and shit like that just like roll around and like do some crazy mixes and try some shit out like that really inspired me um because i could have very easily defaulted to just like let's just put on a dancey like j-lo track and that's my drag but totally. uh, i want to make sure i like establish myself being like nope i can actually lip sync i know my words and i love a spoken word monologue like let's go <laughs>
when it comes to inspiration, who are some of your drag drag inspirations? Not necessarily just drag queens, but mm. what and who inspires you? Um, definitely just like any just powerful black woman in, in pop culture. Um, I would say my drag aesthetic is very, um, it goes back and forth because I love like, you know, like Banji, all like Gen Z e-girl like aesthetic, but I also just love campy drag. Like, I just love a costume. I Like, I, I never won't. So I love to go back and forth. Like, sometimes I'm just, like, dressed like a show choir, like, like, Dairy, like dairy Queen. And then, like, the next time I'll be, um, like, I'll, I'll try looking, like, just, like, a braided out, like, high blush, just, um, just, like, Gen Z TikToker. So I would say, like, my aesthetic goes back and forth between, like, a little bit, takes a bit from Adore Delano. I just saw... Um, which I didn't really realize until I just saw something of her recently. I was like, oh yeah, she inspired me more than I thought. Um, but also just Willow Smith, uh, Zoe Kravitz, um, my athletic side, definitely Serena Williams, Simone Biles. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, yeah, just beautiful, beautiful black women and high camp drag queens. Let's talk fashion. Yeah. How do you put a look together? What is your process? Um, how do I put a look together? I mean, definitely, um, if it's something where it's like, I'm feeling a theme, um, I go off of that. Um, but it's, it's also very hard for me to really put a look together because I'm a dancer. Right. Uh, so first of all, it's hard. Like, I would love to pull the most fashionable things with like the craziest fabrics ever, but realistically I would just break anything I perform in sure. or I would hurt myself. So I work a lot with just like spandex fabrics. The power of living in Queens is having the massive spandex world warehouse in Long Island city. They know me by name. They give me a 20% <laughs> discount every time I walk. Oh, look at you. Oh, they know. I can't tell if they're hitting on me or not, but like, I'm just like, I will take the discount. Take it, I will take take the discount. Um, so I like, I just like, I love finding just like weird patterns and color. So I really just like, I mostly just like start with the theme and the color. And then I just kind of work it out from there. Right now, my aesthetic is kind of moving into, um, just kind of like, I like a black, um, like a black Judy Jetson hooker at times. I would say it's like my performance outfit style. Now you make many of your looks. Yes. How did you teach yourself to sew? YouTube. YouTube and a dream. Uh, just like once I figured out how to like make um, a proper, just like how, how to properly measure myself and make a pattern, then I like, it just kind of, um, it just kind of, it just all started clicking. Sewing is a lot of math and just yeah. figuring out how like the geometry of things work. And so once you just keep doing it more and more, it's like, oh, if this is a curve cut like this, then when I attach it to this, it'll go like this versus this. Um, so it's a, it was a lot of trial and error, YouTube videos to figure out what I needed. Um, but it's still a learning process. Would you consider yourself a seamstress or designer? No, neither. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say probably a bit more of a seamstress just because... Um, yeah, I think myself, like, I can make, bang out a costume really fast, but it's not going to be, like, the most, like, insane, high-concept geometry thing. I just gravitate towards really obnoxious patterns, 
and I let that speak for itself. Sure. And then the outfit itself can be kind of more simple. So when it, it when 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 you get on Drag Race, mm. the design challenge will be fine for you. You'll be able to pull something out. Oh yeah, it might not be that interesting, but it's gonna be very well constructed. So that's, <laughs> that's all, all that matters nowadays. <laughs> now, when it comes to collaborating with looks and hair, who are some of your favorite collaborators? Um, I really don't collaborate with too many people um, lately, but definitely for wigs though, because that's the one thing where I'm just like, I know how to do hair. I just do not have the patience for it. Um, right. I think it's an entirely different art form. Sewing makes sense to me. I look at hair as a literal sculpture as if it's like working with clay. And right. I'm like, I will give that to anyone any other day. So I love to work with, um, with Atlas, who's out of Boston. Mm -hmm. um, we actually started um, our drag career here in the city together because they were here um, not abroad, but doing an, like an internship, like work study right. program um, from Boston. So they were here and they would do drag wars when I was starting out doing drag. So we got together that way. And so they still do my hair um, for all my braided styles, but also um, Acacia is great. Um, Acacia forgot. Uh, she's done a few of my hairstyles for like the more um, like pinup-y retro style. She's great for that. Um, very country, very Connecticut. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> I feel like I can safely say that I was there in the early days of your drag journey. Mm -hmm. What was it like going from being one of the biggest cheerleaders at the gigs to becoming the breakout star of the shows? It feels good. <laughs> it feels it good, but it is, um, it is interesting just to see the different type of dynamics we have mm -hmm. now. Um, because I was picking up steam right before the pandemic Absolutely. really hit. I was winning competitions, like started grabbing gigs. I had my first weekly show and then the world shut down. And so the way that people go to drag shows and treat drag now is very different. Um, a lot of the girls up and coming in the scene don't, like don't really grasp that I I haven't really seen anybody that's really approached drag the way that we were two three years ago because I used to be like at the shows front row tipping connecting like helping girls count their tips like um not even asking for a gig just kind of make, make right. my way and now it's really and I and I get it because we just spent like two years trying to like all of us broke as fuck like trying to make ends meet, like collecting unemployment. Like no one wants to do anything if they're not going to get paid. But a lot of drag is just, is that. It's just making the connections and doing the gigs that you're not getting paid for. And it sucks. It sucks. But that's how you weed the people out. So I would say right now, we have a lot more drag queens out there than we need. And they're I mean, all expecting, I... and they're all expecting $125 like guest booking fee. And I'm just like, I've seen you do one number. <laughs> right. I I mean, I've always joked. And it, friends, it's a joke. It, I would never do it, but I've joked that I was going to do a competition called the Drag Purge. Mm. Two queens enter, one queen's allowed to keep doing drag. Um, <laughs> and like, Fun. yes, we weed people out that way. But again, watching from afar, I, I mean, we're not going to say names, but I know who you're talking about. Mm. I, I can see who's showing up. I can see who's begging and and I, I can see who's trying to break yeah. the mold and then get themselves canceled because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And it's not it's not our job to teach the new class, the new generation. Yeah. But you have to ask for help. 
to, yeah. to know how to integrate into the world. Yeah. Because there are going to be the queens even before you started that are still going to have shit to say yeah. and not be happy about what's going on. And we all just need to be a happy community. So let's not piss each other off. Yeah. Ab- like, ab- absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing. I'm also learning with certain things now that I'm picking up a few more gigs and the, like the power of being a girl from Queens. Um, it's, it's a it's a plus, but it's also a bit of a detriment because we the girls in Queens we do drag in every borough. We do it in Queens, we do it in Brooklyn, we do it in the Bronx. Like we'll go to Jersey, we'll be in Manhattan, and don't every, forget about Connecticut. Young, what? Don't forget about Connecticut. Oh yeah, true. No, maybe <laughs> I will drive out there any day. It's forty five minutes away from Queens. I'm fine. Um, but we go everywhere we travel we make that effort because we only have two bars here so we have to make that effort um the queens and the other boroughs they stick to their they stick to their little stomping ground they stick to their their block radius which is entirely understandable if i had five blocks in my area i'm not i'm I'm not gonna go downtown i'm not gonna go across the river um but it creates those clicks so they're not seeing what's happening around in every borough so I have a lot of friends in every borough, so I have the opportunity to get booked here, get booked there, get booked there. Um, but when I go to, when I started working in Manhattan more, people were just like, why, like, I haven't seen her work, I haven't done this, and it's just like, the only answer is, you don't go out. Exactly. You don't go out and you don't search for things outside of this radius. It's not my fault that you don't know who I am. That's the team. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, back in the before times, you participated in season three of Iconic, mm-hmm. and you took home the crown. <laughs> what was the experience like it was a blast i loved it it was it was a great opportunity to really just one like become close with the, um, a lot of those girls in that cast like make some like make some bonds but also just like really challenge myself like i knew like i knew i could do it but i feel like a lot of people when i was going into the competition they're just like oh she's gonna just like do backflips and like do this and that every single gig and it's like no 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 I went to art school. I am like a costume and set designer. Like I have like all these things in my arsenal that I'm going to, I'm going to bang out and make sure that people know that I have a POV and I'm going to use that to the full extent. Um, So it was very, it was great to have an opportunity where people had to watch. Um, And it is a thing like I miss competitions now. Um, I'm now at a place where it's like, I don't know what competitions I would do. Like I'm, I like because if you're going to do a competition, it's going to be a pageant, and I'm not exactly. sure you want to do a pageant right now. Uh, uh-uh. I ain't got the money. No, exactly. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, no. So I like I miss that about competitions. I miss like having a theme, and then no matter what, people have to like sit there and watch, which is um, also why I like I'm like I'm gonna get canceled, but I miss pandemic drag. I miss like when we all had to like sit at the tables. Like it was like we went there with a purpose to like watch drag and like get that experience yeah. of it. I do miss it because I mean I host um I love it. I host a Saturday night show. So it's like, but that's one of those where it's like it is you really gotta wrangle that audience. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, do you think you had an advantage going in as a competitor being around season one and season two of iconic? as an audience member? Oh, definitely. Um, Yeah, no, I think like, 
just like just like knowing how it works also like living in the area and like knowing the locals knowing what the local like knowing what the people right. that go to that bar um want to see and um react to well because every every bar is different which is why i say the girls from queens are honestly i like i will go out and i'll say the girls from queens are the best are the best drag queens in new york uh, i'll say it too i agree because we really quickly know how to change our numbers and adjust and switch up how we talk to people like if you want pop-ups we know how to just go hey this is me this is my number let's go um like we know how to just like host a two-hour show standing there by ourselves like we just like we know how to adjust because we like we just have to go to every borough and make it work sure. um but also the i would say like the the crowd at um, some of these bars are very specific because especially here in Astoria, um, it's a bit of an older crowd, but it's like a mix. We get like, because we have like random nights where it's like all like 20 some like young 20 something year olds. And then the other nights where it's all like, like late thirties, like people that just like want to see like Broadway numbers and like right. that style of comedy. So we have to really quickly adjust everything. Do you have any favorite memories from Iconic? Ooh, favorite memories um essence going home no um oh god here we no. go again <laughs> i saved her people Justice for I, essence. I was the one who saved her and i'm the one who got <laughs> so trouble on it i know um no i would say um favorite memory from iconic um other than winning uh <laughs> would be um hmm Honestly, no, it would be winning. Favorite memory from my comic would be winning. Yeah. That's, that's totally allowed. Do you think drag competitions and showcases in New York City are beneficial to young queens finding their footing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it gives, um, first of all, it gives people an uh, excuse to make things and like do things. I miss having that like, that like thing that's like, you have to make a new number this week. Like you have to make like you have to make a new mix right now um but you have to also make sure that like you have the time in your schedule to actually make it work because if you're gonna half ass it it's not worth it for you but if you have the time in your schedule to dedicate to it and you want to go full force for it definitely do something like that um and i I did and i really enjoyed the the format like the weekly format um i think that really helped uh just because it was kind of like it was like a mini drag race. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was fun. COVID has taken a toll on the entertainment industry, forcing many of us to remain creatively active while in-person gigs were on hiatus. How yeah. have lockdown and quarantine affected you as an artist? Um, I mean, I in some ways I think it really it helped me mm-hmm. a lot. Um, it really had me like sit down, reflect on th- some things, like, what do I want? Like, what direction do I want to go in? Like, why am I doing this? What am I getting out of it? Um, and also just like, because I was one of the first drag queens to really properly start working um, during the pandemic. Um, right. I was doing the out, I was one of those that was doing the outdoor brunches on the concrete, like up in, up, um, up in Harlem, um, then working outside at $3 bill, um, like trying to make that work. And um, that really, because I was one of those few, it really just like, it put more of a spotlight on me, which helped um, help me raise some things. And it also put me in that position versus just being like a queen that would pop up and guess and people be like, oh, who's that? It turned into 
um, people coming to me and knowing that I'm a host and giving me the microphone fire finally, um, especially after um, all the Black Lives Matter protests in 2020, it was really, it was really important for people to finally hand girls like me a microphone and not Absolutely. just like have us be like, oh, this is my Instagram handle. It's like, no, that's not hosting. You need to actually give us the chance to stand there, work on a microphone. Like I wasn't a theater major. Like I, every time a queen would hand me a microphone, I'd just be like, is it, is it on? Like, I, I don't know. Um, so I think it helped me in that way because it gave me the chance to train um, and build up my repertoire. And then when I started getting proper bookings, just going for it and yeah. holding on to them. Like it, it, it's, it feels like a great power trip to be like, I had to quit four gigs this year because just didn't fit my schedule anymore. So you might've had a slight advantage being a digital artist already, but when things turned into digital drag, what was it like for you to be able to marry drag and your artistic skills together? I hated it. Really? <laughs> I hated it so much. Um, no, um, I really enjoyed it the first like two, like the first month and a half <laughs> sure. where we were all just like, oh, we're just like in the house. We can't leave right now. We're just going to make some shit to like pass the time. But then when it became like, oh, we're going to be doing Zoom drag shows and we're all going to spend 12 hours to like film these like numbers, like in like in our kitchens and like then spend like two more days editing it and then like maybe making like $24 on Venmo was just it was just kind of like it was a lot I know like I don't want to show on it too much because like it it did help pass the time but because for most people it's just like oh this is I don't play with video and stuff like that like this is a fun thing for me to try I'm sitting over here being like this is my one job and my other job. And now they are two jobs. And it right. is so much more frustrating <laughs> because it's just like, it, it, it was a little bit just, it was a lot for me. It took a you lot. Turn, you back. turned out some incredible videos though. Thank you. Um, I'm, yeah, no, I'm proud. I, I am proud of the stuff that like I turned out, but it was just like, it was, it was gut-wrenching. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Now you were nominated for some Glam Awards this year, including Best Dance Performer. First off, what was it like to be nominated? Second, tell us about your dance background. How did you learn how to move like that? Um, thank you. Um, I was actually, I was very surprised that I was nominated for Best Dancer because um, I don't consider myself a dancer. I like, I can move, I can move my body. I was a competitive cheerleader for, um, seven years. And so it like, that's where my performance style comes from. It's not like, it's not like dance. Like I can't, like, I'm not even flexible enough to do a split, but I can throw a backflip off of a table and like land into a dip, like easy. Um, so I consider myself like, if there was a stunt queen category, oh, win in a hand, like win in a landslide. But um, dancer, I was very like, I was very, I was very honored to be nominated. But when I put myself in that category with the other people, it was very much like these are trained ballet dancers and like people have been doing this for their lives. Like I feel like, like I I know I'm not gonna win this category. <laughs> like it's fine. Um, but I I appreciated that people look at my style as like as uh, as dancing when I just consider it just I, I'm like I'm a cheerleader I'm charging the floor I'm attacking it 
And also I keep doing this and it looks like I'm jacking off the air, but that's like a very cheer. It's a very that's cheer very, thing where like we charge, the, we charge the front of the stage. We're like, bam, bam, bam. bam. Mm-hmm. There it is. Well, you have quickly become a staple in the drag scene. Booked and blast Tuesdays at Hardware, Thursdays at Pieces, Saturday at Icon. How do you balance it all? I don't. No, um, no I'm finally, I'm properly learning how to now, which is why I had to quit a few things. Um, um because there was a point over the summer where it was five gigs a week and Mm -hmm. like five six and then picking up like guesting things and it was just it was too much on my body like right now I only I have three gigs a week and my wrist is I don't have my brace on right now but I have a really badly sprained wrist right now so I have to have been taking it easy um but it's it's been hard to find the balance especially because um I live with my boyfriend he works a nine-to-five job I work I start getting ready around five o'clock and I'm not home until like um, 11. So finding time that we even have together has been very difficult. Ironically, we ironically even living together because he'll be in the office when I'm still like sleeping. Um, So it's finding that balance has been a little bit difficult, but now I'm finally at a point. I think three gigs a week is something I'm very, I can, I can do easily pick up an extra thing every once in a while uh but yeah no that that's really all it is I'm just trying not to do drag two days in a row anymore because that was a lot on my body like having to wake up like having to like finish a gig on a Saturday night at two in the morning and then wake up and do brunch at like 11 in the morning the next day was was it it was it was a lot you get to do duo shows you have a solo show do you have a preference Mm, um I mean I it depends on who I'm working with. I'm very thankful with the girls that I work with when I do duo shows. On Thursdays, I work with Jasmine Rice LaBeja, who mm-hmm. I love, but that bitch never stops talking. So I fully go into that just being aware. I'm like, I'm just going to stand here and look pretty and do some dancing stuff. But um, on a show like a Tuesday, when I'm working with Islea, that's one where like, we're just sitting there like two, like two just like, black aunties on stage just taking the shit out of each other for an hour and a half and it's one of the most fun experiences but um i but i also just love solo hosting a show because i am in full control um because a lot of the time if like you're if you're not working with someone that you're fully confident of the banter with them you can like shoot up a joke and then you never get like the follow-through of like the punchline and so when I'm hosting on my own, it feels good to know, like, it's like, oh, that one didn't land, but I'm going to hit you with this real quick. And then it's, and then it's more smooth sailing. You kind of alluded to it earlier, but do you cater your set list for the venue and audience, or do you just say, I'm going to do me, sit back and sit back and enjoy? It depends. Um, It depends on the night. I've been finding myself, it, it really just, yeah, it, sorry, that was a full that was a full ramble right there. But <laughs> it really does depend on the night. Um, I would like to be doing more of like what I just want to do to like have a good time. But um, you know, at the end of the day, it is a job. Uh, as much as we want to be like, this is our art form. I'm doing what I want. You better like it or not. It's like, no, you're hired. <laughs> you are hired here to entertain people. So you gotta you you gotta get them on your side, and then you can do what you want. But um you got to at least like warm them up first. So especially um, with certain venues I work at, like 
uh, Tuesday, uh, my Tuesday show is a lot more of the locals and the people that are returners to our show. So they know what we have. So we'd like sure. to hit them with our new stuff and like, be like, oh, you know, we're idiots. I'm trying this out today. Like, let's see what happens. Um, but like a Thursday at pieces, that's a very tourist heavy location. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of know that like, no matter what, like every week we're going to go in with like, at least like with 75% of those people like have never even been in that venue before or like right. know what's about to happen. Uh, yeah. What venues have you yet to headline do you hope to tackle in the future? Ooh. Um, <laughs> hmm. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think if there's any venues in the city I haven't worked at yet. Um, I don't think there's anything in... New York, I haven't worked at yet that I would like to like really tackle because um, I'm comfortable with like the shows I have now. So I'm not really looking for anything new weekly right now, but um, I would love to travel more. I would sure. love to work. Um, I'm a, I love San Francisco. I had such a phenomenal time working at Oasis. Um, I did reparations with Nikki Jizz and that was just an absolute, that like that event is absolutely beautiful so i would love to just be traveling and doing stuff like that i always see myself also just like moving out to the west coast eventually so if i were to work if i were to get something like start headlining at a new gig i would love for it to be like out there at oasis any drag artist in nyc that's on your dream work list sorry say that again any new york city drag artist that you've yet to work with that's on your dream work list Ooh. um hmm None of them. They're all monsters. None of them. No, none <laughs> of them. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, I would love to just like have the opportunity to work with everybody at some point in sure. my life, but um, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna put a, a bookmark on that one. I have to think about that. Um, but sure. I love working. I love working with some of the young, the younger queens popping out. Like I love the new black talent we have right now. Like I love Nani Tsunami. I love um, Janessa Kwa, um, all those girls. I need to see, I need to like get myself out to some of those competitions just to sit there and like watch some yeah. of it just to be like, yeah, let's do this. But okay. um, otherwise I think I've worked with most people I would like to work with. All right, we're gonna play our first game. Very simple. I'll right. finish the sentence. I'm gonna give you a sentence, you gotta finish it. Okay, work. My favorite color is blue. If Wait, I am I answering this for you or am I answering no, for, this you, for you? Oh, okay. I thought I was trying to guess what your favorite no. color was. <laughs> so turquoise. Turquoise, yeah. Um, if I were an animal, I'd be tiger. My favorite superhero is Catwoman. My dream vacation is. Ooh. Vieques. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a farmer. <laughs> okay. Um, do you play Animal Crossing? Are you getting your Abs farming out there? Absolutely. Oh, I'm I restart my island like every two months. Like I'm 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 obsessed with it. My celebrity crushes. Ooh. Um, Robert Pattinson. My biggest pet peeve is slow walkers. The name of my custom fragrance would be called. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, let's go down. And the NYC queen I would Kai Kai with is... Ooh. Skywalker. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see it. We love to go behind the music a little bit and learn what your signature number is. What is your signature number and how did it become your signature number? Ooh. Um, I would say my signature number would be um my Doja Cat medley with um it is a medley with the metal version of rules into the metal VMA performance of um say so like that. Um mostly and I would say it's my signature number just because I always love to remind people in my audience that black people invented rock and roll. Therefore, um, whenever I'm doing numbers by just these black women that are the pinnacle of uh, superstardom and pop stars right now, I love to do their live performances where they incorporate live instrumentals and just really just like give that whole, just like give that whole rock experience. Um, It also like, it kind of, it helps me go back to my Connecticut roots because it's just like, I wasn't really listening to like rap music when I was younger. I was listening to just like angsty teen shit. And so it really just like, that's, it's it's what I just, um, it's what I resonate with the most. Love it. Yeah. When it comes to drag mixes, what (laughs) comes first? Is it the, is it the song, the, the spoken word, the theme? How do you find your inspiration when creating a mix? Um, I watch a lot of stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I try to find um, good sound bites from that. But um, I have to, you remind me, I'm going to sit down at this computer later. I need to make some new mixes. Um, But I try to find comedians where I have their POV. Um, or at least I look at them and I like hear their voice. I'm like, that's, that's what Jack's sounds like in my head to me. So that's what I like to go with. So I find comedians that I relate with. Uh, and then I just try to like break it down, shorten it. And then just be like, what works with this? How does this go? Like, how does this mix together? This phrase reminds me of this song and then try to find ways to work with that. But I always go with, um, I think I really learned this from Sherry Poppins, where it's like, it's a, it's a very arts, um, art school phrase where it's the studium and the punctum. So you take the studium is something, um, something very normal, something like just like the, the base of something. And then the punctum is the thing that like comes in and makes it really weird. Um, and that's how you make a good art piece. So it's always like one song, one sound bite, or like, or, or like one song, one prop um one sound bite like one theme because if you start doing more than that like if you're like oh I'm gonna start with this Nicki Minaj sound bite about girl power and then go into like Michelle Obama talking about sweet potato it's like both are funny things they have nothing to do with each other exactly um even if it's the same person speaking so it's just finding it's the simpler the better absolutely Now, drag roulettes, they are a staple of drag shows. Are there any songs or artists you wish people would stop requesting? This is your chance to plead to your audiences. If I have to do Coconuts by Kim Petras one more time, (laughs) it has only been out for a month, and the amount of times I've had to do it is grating. Um, No more Coconuts. No more Coconuts. No more... 
No More Material Girl by Madonna. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, other than that, like, oh, No More Let It Go. Okay, okay. No More Let It Go. Uh, yeah, other than that, it's been fine. Thankfully, no, thankfully, we came out of the pandemic and people stopped doing Lady Marmalade. Thank God. That's, uh, that's, that's a step. That's a very big step. Oh, God. Well, the, the music. No more, let it go. Let it go. Lady Marmalade and um, Defying Gravity. They're finally all. I agree. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, music is universal. It brings people together and helps give a little insight on a person. In mm. this game, we are going to create a playlist of nine songs that are the soundtrack of your life. Welcome mm. to Jax's Ultimate Playlist. Ooh. So I'm going to give you a prompt, and you're going to give me a song that fits it. Okay. A song that brings you joy. Ooh, um, Divine by Ioni. All right. A song that is good for a breakup. Wipe You Up by Ioni. <laughs> a song that gets you in the mood to party. Ooh, these are harder than I thought. Um, Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado. <laughs> a song that more people should know. Mm. Um, song that more people should know. Why is this so hard, Michael? Why is this <laughs> such a hard question? I'm at a blank. I'm normally so good at this. Um, a song that more people should know. Let me just do this. Let me just open my <laughs> jealousy by Paris Hilton. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. A song that reminds you of home. Wait, actually, take that back. A song that more people should know, Watch and Learn by Rihanna. It is a B-side, right. but it's the best one. There it is. A yeah. song that reminds you of home. Um, a song that reminds me of home. I'm Like a Bird, Nelly Furtado. <laughs> a song that reminds you of your first time in drag. My Way by Noah Cyrus. <laughs> a song that reminds you of your best friend. Ooh, Tequila, Jax Jones. <laughs> a song that you hated, but you now love. God, my boyfriend's gonna kill me when he hears this. Um, good for you, Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the song that made you who you are. Ooh, um, Pancake by Jaded. There it is. And Ash Nico, yeah. Beyond drag, you are a brilliant photographer. What mm-hmm. makes a portrait captivating? Um, I would also say what I was saying with mixes, where it's the studium and the punctum. So just like mm. a straightforward portrait, but just something that like comes in and just like makes it weird. Um, whether that's like a snake crawling on the shoulder or just like water splashing someone on the face, like something, something that just like comes in out of the ordinary where you just question like, why and where and how yeah when you see a portrait with a bold color background you usually know it's a photo by Jax Mm -hmm. how did this become your signature uh I just it's just what my eye gravitates toward I really enjoy color theory which I think helps me which I think helped me really figure out like a drag aesthetic really quickly um because I love just like I love like I have a full understanding of how a color wheel works and so I always know, like, if I'm going to wear turquoise, it's going to be orange. If I'm going to wear, um, like, I know how to, like, contrast things like that. So 
Um, yeah, I would just say that I just I just like bold colors. It's also very Puerto Rican of me. Um, it's very just a Caribbean kind of aesthetic that, you know, reminds me of where I was born. <laughs> and so I, I that's why I like it. You have shot so many drag artists. What is your collaboration process like when you do a photo shoot? Um, pretty straightforward. I've actually um, I've been doing a little bit of a 180 when it comes to my photo work. I haven't been doing as much lately because I've been doing drag so heavenly, heavenly, heavily. And um, so most of the time it's just been doing typical studio portrait works um, out of my apartment just to get some girls some new flyer photos. But I would, once the weather warms up, I really want to make sure I'm getting out there, trying to find location, shooting people more out in environments rather than just straightforward stuff in the house and is, working with that. Has there been a, a shoot that you've done with a drag artist that you're like, oh my God, this is like the greatest thing I've ever shot? Um, honestly, some of my first stuff, um, some of my first few shoots with Poppy, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Where some of my favorite stuff I've things I've done. Um, yeah, no, I I would really just I would really say like when I was really just like learning and playing around in the studio and didn't really know what was gonna work. Those were some of my favorite ones. Yeah, I mean, but, I re I remember pop that Poppy portrait very well. I mean, Blake Deadly's as well. I, I yeah. those those stand out. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I would love to be doing be able to do something like that. Um, I miss being in school and having access to those facilities because sure. um, it's hard to it's hard to pull that stuff off in our the spaces that we have now Absolutely. especially over a pandemic where we couldn't even rent spaces right yeah. All right. Well, if you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. This is the Cameo Game Show. And inspired by what you sent me, we're going to do the Black Voices Pop Culture Edition. So I went onto the Cameo uh, website and they have a section for Black Voices. And these are your pop culture icons you get to choose from. Okay. All right, first up, Flavor Flav or iced tea? <laughs> uh, Flavor Flav. <laughs> Flavor Flav is three fifty. Iced tea is four fifty. Why? Next up, Cynthia Bailey or Nene Leakes? Oh, Nene Leakes. Absolutely, Nene Leakes is six hundred dollars. Cynthia Bailey is one ninety nine. Yeah. Next up, Kel Mitchell or Todd Recall? Oh, yeah. I'm going to say Todrick is more expensive. Hal Mitchell is $179. Todrick Hall is at $25. And after his stint on Big Brother, I think he should just be giving cameos away for free because he lost everything. Oh my God. Yeah. There's a canceled Todrick campaign going on. I actually, I haven't been, I haven't been following it. What? Um, Todd Bridges and Lamar Odom came out of the house ripping him apart and said he is an evil person. And yeah. And and people in nightlife are like, oh yeah, we know. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I've 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 heard some personal stories of things. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'll All right, it. next up, <laughs> next up, Anthony Anderson or D.L. Hughley. Hmm. Anthony. It is Anthony Anderson. Ah. One fifty. D.L. Hughley is one forty. Okay. Next, we got Shaka Khan or Dion Warwick. Shaka Khan is definitely more expensive. That's correct. She is 650. <laughs> Dion Warwick is 350. Next Dionne up, we Warwick. have 
Dion Warwick's Twitter, though, iconic. iconic. <laughs> it's brilliant. Great. Next up, Jaleel White or Alfonso Rubio? Oh, Jamil? Jaleel White is 179, Alfonso 215. So he's, ah. it, it, it's that um, America's Funniest Home Videos money he's getting. All right, next oh, up, we, yeah. got, we got Christina Milian or Maya. Christina Milian. That's correct. She's 250 or 225. Maya is 175. Next up, Tamar Braxton or Lil Mama? <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. Because they're both kind of like equal fame wise. But like Lil Mama's homophobic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Tamar. That's correct. Tamar is 250. Lil Mama is 149. Next up, Titus Burgess or Big Frida? Big Frida. Big Frida's 225. Titus Burgess, 250. Really? Yeah. Wow. And finally, how much can you get a cameo from your girl, Gabby Douglas? Oh, oh, mm. oh, I have no fucking clue. Uh, I would say. Let's say 175. 975. Absolutely not. No, no, no. She's like, I don't want to do these, but if you really want me, give me all your money. Okay, that is fair. That is fair. Because I was going to (laughs) say, that just surprised me that she has one. Right? Uh, I know she was was doing a couple for charity for a while. uh, So maybe that's the number that it was. That makes sense. Is nightlife competitive? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It is. It's, it's a, it's a slippery slope too. Cause I, I'm like, I've been finding myself going through some situations where you get some shady looks from some Queens when you start picking up some gigs and you, you just kind of got to like stand your ground and be like, look, girl, I got my gig. You got your gig. I'm not trying to take your gig. I don't like, I would rather just be in bed playing video games. So it's like, right. So let's chill. Um, so it's definitely competitive in that because it, it is hard to like stay on top of your game and make sure that like, because if you're not, if you're not upgrading, you're going to lose some stuff. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird world. You are no stranger to bringing arts and activism together. How can we use our platforms to bring awareness to the issues of today? Um, I mean, it's as simple as just like giving a share, a like, a follow, a promo, um, just making sure that like, it is so easy just to promote a friend's business. Um, as like, especially like now with like, um, just like it's black history month. So just making sure that we're constantly supporting, um, locally, um, locally, local and like self-owned black businesses, promoting people's work, um. And just using your platform just to like share messages that you think are actually, first of all, that are valid. Um, Don't be share, make sure that you're sharing facts, not opinions. Um, Cause there's there's a lot of the time where people are just like promoting things being like, this is so horrible. How do you do this? But it's like, actually read the article first um, before you press share. Uh, And just, yeah, no, if like, if you have an opinion and you think that, the work that you're putting out, like the message that you want to give out is beneficial to people, just 
promo it, someone is going to resonate with it. Um, I try to steer away from posting too much political thing, like too too much political stuff now. Like I'm definitely no stranger to it. I will preach like I'll preach it up and down. But um, right now, I really just make sure it's just like I'm working in these spaces. What can I specifically say in this space that's going to resonate with people? And that's where I'm making sure. Remember that you are in a queer community. You're in a queer space and everyone in here, no matter gay, straight, bi, um, pan, trans, non-binary, they're part of your family. And if you are not respecting someone, then you do not deserve to be in the space because it is a privilege, not a right. Um, And so I just make sure that I preach that up and down because... Yeah, no, we got some, we got some rude, rude homosexuals. <laughs> That's the truth. Well, diversity and visibility is still not so great in nightlife. How can yeah. bar owners, venues, producers, other drag artists do better at hiring artists and, and employees of color? Book black girls. <laughs> book black girls, but don't just book black girls because they're black. Make sure that you are actually doing your research and figuring out who deserves um who deserves these spaces and has been putting the work in and has been getting slept on if you're just booking another token or someone that you just saw the show and be like that's a good black dancing queen let's throw her in here because we need more people of color it's like well then you just undermined all the other black people that have been doing this work for years and years and years to try to get into the space um so it's it happens it's happened it's frustrating um but it's just people just have to go out and they have to watch things and they have to talk to people and they have to see what the actual scene is and also just like i just and also just like on top of that i need i need um people to stop getting lazy yeah there are a lot of like as much as I love some girls, there are a lot of lazy queens out there. And it and a lot of the time some lazy queens just love to preach like that they're hot shit and they're not getting booked because this, this, and that. It's like make sure that you're putting in the work to get booked. Um like and that like that is a reason other than you just being a person of color. Cause it's right. yes, more people of color need to be booked, but you specifically as a person of color, what are you doing? that you deserve it more than the person next to you. So love that. Yeah. We're going to play everybody's favorite game. It is time for tea time. You are going to spill some tea on some of your favorite friends, sisters, colleagues, people you competed with, people you shared a stage with, people you love. I don't know, maybe people you even hate. We're going to find out and spill some tea on them. Are you ready? Let's give it. We're going to start off with the one, the only Audrey Phoenix. Oh, odds. oh, is there is there anything? Like, is there a prompt, or is it just I just go off on it? You go off. You say Hi, what you want to say. Disgusting. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Audrey is my old roommate. Um, we lived together the entirety of the pandemic, um, for a year and a half, and it was one like she's she is one of my very good sisters. It is one of those situations where we will both admit. We are much closer now that we do not live with each other. And it really stems down to, we both really like heavily started smoking weed over the pandemic. (laughs) And because we were both like new to smoking weed, we would get really paranoid, but on opposite sides (laughs) of the apartment. So I would be in my room thinking that like, 
thinking that she was mad at me and she would be like in her room with her door closed thinking I was mad at her but we're both just like sitting there like watching Adventure Time like on separate ends of the apartment um so it was a lot of that but um we love each other she's great um she is a hilarious queen uh and yeah I'm very I was very thankful to be living with her and both of us just like helping each other out like if she wore something that I hated I'd just be like girl switch the boot up and she would do vice versa for me so great yeah all right next up season one iconic winner nicole noscopy nicole i miss nicole um i'm very upset that she moved back to oregon but i'm very happy for her um that she's she's kicking it up like she's killing it over there um, so I'm very happy for her. Um, I do miss doing brunch with Miss Nicole Anoscopy. Uh, that was a fun time. Uh, but yeah, no, great sister. Shady, shady bitch. But I oh, love yeah. her. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I so- love... Yeah, go Wait, ahead. sorry, what? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I love, like, a, like a high camp comedy queen that's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, this <laughs> is how we're going to do it. Like, yeah, drag is fun. And then the second you go down, she's like, I hate everything so much. <laughs> yep, that's her. That's her. Yeah. All right, next up, Heidi Ho. Oh, Heidi. Um, I love Heidi. Um, very thankful for her while I was doing Iconic. Um, she is, she she gave me some of the best advice like throughout the season. Um, huge supporter. And I, I just, nothing but, I just love Heidi Ho. Great person. Next up, Castrata. Castrada. Castrada. I'm not thinking what to say. Um, no, I love Castrada. Um, I haven't really seen her much lately, really. So um, definitely good season, good season three of Iconic Sister. Had a blast doing it with her. Um, my sh- oh, here's some tea I can say. I uh, <laughs> some tea on Castrada. I <laughs> did not like Castrada at first, but that was because I thought Castrada um, was just like being a bitch. But then once I realized that she was just really fucking stoned the entire time I was having the conversation, I was like, I was like, oh, okay. So you're not like this. You're just really high right now. <laughs> I love um, that. Yeah. Next up, some know her as Nicole Anadime. Some of us know them as Steven Savage. Oh, Nicole Anadime. I love, um, I love Nicole. Um, I also, like, I also love Steven. They're my, um, they're my bartender on Saturday nights. Uh, they're, they really help me get through some things. They're a great help. Um, we also like, we're like the power of having, uh, like having a bar manager and bartender. That's also a drag queen is very helpful because rather than like having, bartenders and managers coming at you like why is the crowd like this why are they doing like this we can just hold each other's hand and be inside me like what is this crowd what has god done to us <laughs> how is this right. happening right now <laughs> absolutely next up petty cash petty um i love miss petty cash she is my stoner sister um yeah no i love petty she's fully just one of those where we can just like lay out on my couch like take an edible see god and you know it's great it like she and i i think are the most similar in how we interact with the rest of the world because <laughs> all of our other nightlife sisters they're like let's go out let's go get drinks and we're just like 
we're going to sit here on this couch and not move for two days. We're not gonna talk to anybody. We're not gonna do anything. And it's gonna be the best. <laughs> like, that's just that's just someone that gets my vibe. So I love her. Next up, Jacqueline Hyde. Oh, Jacqueline Hyde. Oh, Jacqueline, Jacqueline, Jacqueline. Hello, my name is Jacqueline Hyde, and I work at Haswell Greens, and it's a great time. Um, I <laughs> love Jacqueline. Is that your snatch game? What? Is that your oh, snatch sure. game? <laughs> Absolutely not. If I had a snatch game, my snatch game would be Nick Cannon. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> It'd be so stupid. Um, but, no, I love um, I love Miss Jacqueline Hyde. Um, a hot mess. That's it. <laughs> it's a hot mess, but I love them. Next up, Aria Derchi. Aria Derchi, my sister. I love her. I miss her. Um, yeah, I like one of the smartest people I know. Um, just so many references. Um, great mix maker. Just, yeah, just just a just just a good person. I really mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I haven't seen them in a hot minute. Um, would love to see them again soon. I haven't really seen like it's it's been hard seeing people that also work in nightlife lately. Absolutely. Just, like I work the nights they work, they like and like vice versa. So it's just the days that we have off, we're all busy. Next up, Pussy Willow. Pussy Willow. Um, I love her. She's definitely someone that like if you like no matter what the situation, if you just like need someone to help you out with something, you can call her up and she'll be like, I'll be there in 30. Just get me a slice of pizza. And it's like, absolutely. So um, I love her. Great sister. Definitely another one that's like helped me um, out a lot. Um, as Even during Iconic, when I was doing Iconic, like would help just like really quickly, like learn some quick choreo and backup dance for me if I needed yeah. it. And I really appreciated that. Next, we have Sherry Poppins. Sherry. Um, I love Sherry. Um, great sister there from the get-go. And yeah, just one of the weirdest people I've ever met in my entire <laughs> life. We very quickly bonded because we were both um, we we're both photographers. She went to SUNY Purchase for photo. Um, I went to SBA. And so we bond on that level. And rather than just like being like, rather than being a nightlife friend where it's like, oh, let's go out to this bar and let's go drink. Like she's the one where it's like, wanna go gallery hopping? Like, let's go to the Met. Like, let, like that's my friend in that. So that's a that. great close sister. Yeah. I want some tea. Give me the tea on Poppy. Poppy, uh, a hateful, haggard human being that I love to end of my days. Uh, <laughs> I love Poppy so much. She is, um, she's a lot though she is uh me and her like we are close friends but it was fully like when she was living here in the city it would like be like us being like the closest friends texting every single day and then like one person miswrites like something in a text and it's like us just sending death threats to each other for two of weeks course. naturally yeah <laughs> naturally no next up from the royal house of labasia jasmine rice labasia oh my God, that big titty bimbo cancel culture bitch. Um, I love Jasmine Rice Labasia. She is absolutely one of those where if I put one screenshot of any of our text messages anywhere, um, she would be run out of this country. But, ah! but I love her so much. She, she's just, she's also just like really been helping me through some stuff right now, um, which I really appreciate her for. Um, not my drag mother, but 
has given me some very, very great advice and really helped me learn how to hold myself with certain people right. and not, not take, not be so sensitive to things and just be like, this is a business. This is like how you deal with certain people. Some people are just like that and that's how you have to brush it off. So yeah. Next up, they went from drag queen to drag DJ boyish charm. Boyish. Oh, I love boyish. Um, ama- like amazing DJ. I'm so happy. Like, that they are skyrocketing right now. Um, I was very like happy that like over last summer, like we got to give them like like me and Essence when we were doing it's bananas. Got to give them some of their first opportunities, um, DJing at three dollar bill, and then just like it really skyrocketed from there. Um, and they de- and they absolutely deserve it. They I, they are a DJ that is current, um, knows what an audience wants, and if they can tell that something is dying down, can flip the switch really quickly so a professional and not Love like that. a professional queen next up let's see if she's professional too it's Islea. <laughs> well that answered that question <laughs> <laughs> no i love my sister Islea. she is <laughs> she is a lot i love her um me and Islea never really like hung out or like even like really talk that much like we knew each other in passing and like we were like sisters we feel it and like we did drag wars together when we were starting out um but when they like pitched when they um hardware was just like pitched us a show together because they both wanted us on their roster um they're just like do you guys know each other do you work well to each other like we know each other we never worked with each other but like we're down like the vibe is just gonna be something um and we got together and put the show it's 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 honestly like one of my favorite times working with someone it's just like it just works it's it's just like a good dynamic we get each other we know how to take the piss out of each other but not like take anything too seriously and yeah she makes me a little bit like I definitely it can be a little bit like I'd say a little not, not um like there are times where I'm just a little bit just like I can be like a brick on stage. Like sometimes I just like, don't like, I take myself too seriously. And she really helps me break down that barrier and just like get stupid. Um, especially cause um, some people know, not everyone knows about me, but I, um, I don't drink. So I'm California sober, smoke a lot of weed, but I don't drink. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of times at the start of the show when everyone else is like zany and kooky, I'm still just like. You're getting there. Uh, like I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, next up, she is the worst cook in America. It's Peaches. Uh, my sister, um, one of my best friends in this whole wide world. Um, I, I love that bitch. I really do. Uh, just, just a sister that we're just like, no matter what, if I just like call them, they're going to pick up and we're going to talk for 45 minutes. And just like, if she needs to vent about something, I'm there for her. If I need to vent about something, she's there for me. And yeah, no, never been more thankful for a human being. Yeah. Will you let peaches cook for you? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. All right. Next up, she flips to hibiscus. I love hibiscus. Uh, just, just the best. <laughs> just like there is not like hibiscus is fully just like one of those where it's just like she like I think it's really just because uh like really just like her military training or it's just like no one had like she knows how to carry herself. 
And Absolutely. no one ever has a bad thing to say about her. She is just, she is there. She is professional. She's a great fucking drag queen. And Absolutely. Just, and just, she can be, and, but like also like, cause I do a lot of photo shoots for her. Like she is also just like one of those where like, once you break down the wall, like she is, she will say the shadiest shit, but she says it so sternly that you don't realize what she said. And you're like, oh, ouch. <laughs> like, that was, that was rough. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, we, we have to end with the one, the only, your best friend, Essence. Ah, uh, Essence. Uh, a mess in a dress. A mess in a dress. No, I, um, I love Essence. Also, another one where it's just like still one of my best friends and sisters, but the, like just like once we both are so thankful that like once the summer got kicking and some of the court like restrictions were going down we both just started working full force full force that we barely even see each other anymore so like we're, we've been trying to navigate that to be like let's just like let's hang out let's like do things but um yeah it's it's hard when you're working with people in nightlife so um i'd love to like be able to just like see her and like hang out with her again but um yeah it's it's been it's been a hard it's been a hard like past few months just trying to like see people so i i, I understand that yeah You've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching videos of? Minecraft. Okay. And Sims 4. Minecraft and Sims 4. <laughs> like, okay. I don't know what it is. It's just like, it's so stupid and mindless that I don't care what's happening. And it's just on. Because most, like, okay. I'm also, um, I'm weird. I have really severe ADHD. So I can't, um, I can't just sit there and watch something. I have to be doing something at the same time. So if I have, if I'm watching YouTube, I'm mostly like stoning a costume or like also playing on my switch, like while something's yeah. on TV. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much that way. Um, I have not really watched a series without having a phone or something other yeah. there doing it. And you know what? That's fine. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm content with that. If you yeah. ask me for facts about what I just watched, I will fail that quiz. That's yeah. fine. I'm again, I'm content with that. Good. If you had to eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, if I had to eat one meal. Ooh, um, let's say oh, like a good chicken parm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Where's the best chicken parm you've had in Astoria? Oh, retro pizza. Okay. All right. Retro pizza. Shout out I'm retro. Still... Absolutely. Sponsor me, please. If you had to pick one New York City drag artist to be your partner on The Amazing Race, who would it be? Oh, hibiscus. <laughs> yeah. See, that's right. Yeah. That, that's the good answer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I have a fan corner question for you coming from Spectra Electra. What happened with Birdcage? Oh, shady. Um, she was a fan of it. She just didn't know where he, where, where he went. Um, yeah, no, I quit. Um, I quit the Monday show at the queue. Um, love everybody. Um, love all my sisters. It was just, it, um, for me personally, just being part of a four person cast on a Monday night show was just not my journey. Um, it wasn't necessarily lucrative to me and I would rather just have the night off and rest. That simple. Mondays are hard. I don't don't know why anyone. Mondays and Tuesdays are very yeah. hard very hard for drag shows well i have my previous guest asked my current guest a question and this is a question from tammy spanks mm. this is her question okay i'm just reminding you this is her question yes 
Also, didn't know it was going to be you, but this is her question. Okay. When was the last time you had an orgasm? Like two hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) I love my boyfriend. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Lucky you. Lucky you. Um, Now it's your turn to ask my next guest a question. And it can be a question about literally anything you want. Mm. Okay. The next guest. If you were going to make merchandise that was not wearable, what would it be? Oh, I love that. I'm here for that. Well, we here at Block Talk are here to try to grow the community. Who would you like to hear an interview from in the future? Ooh, I would love to hear. I'm trying to think of who you haven't done yet. Um, I would love to hear an interview from Nani Tsunami. All right. Put her on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Well, where can everyone find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Ooh, um, you can find me on social media at Get Jacks on Instagram. That is G-E-T-J-A-X-E-D. Because y'all got vaxxed. Now, Get Jaxed. Uh, <laughs> but you can also find me on, um, you can also find me on TikTok at Get Jaxed. Trying to get more into that. Um, Twitter at that, um, at that bitch jacks. And my Venmo is tip jacks. Just to remind you what to be doing when you open Venmo. Perfect. Uh, um, for upcoming projects, just my, my weekly little things I got going on now. Um, I believe I am actually this Sunday starting a new bi-weekly brunch in the Lower East Side. So follow my socials for more, um, things about that. But for now, it's Tuesdays at Hardware, Thursdays at Pieces, Saturdays at Icon, and all the other days in my bed. So Love it. Well, Jax, thank you so much for being here. Yes, I had a blast. Thanks for having me. A giant thanks to Jax for coming on. Subscribe on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.